Our brother Ricky Cook this morning will be speaking to us from about the message in Luke 24, 13 through 32. A lot of us know this as a story about what happened on the road to Emmaus, where Jesus appeared to Cleopas and walked with him and talked with him and told him the story of Jesus. And then he broke bread with them and his eyes and their eyes were opened so that they may see. And all of this comforted Cleopas. But ultimately, as Ricky titled the lesson, just a little walk with Jesus makes it right. Our first song this morning is, again, the Lord of light and life. Again, the Lord of light and life awakes the kindling ray, unseals the eyes of the moon, and pours increasing day. Oh, what a night was that which wrapped the heathen world in gloom. Oh, what a sun which rose this day triumphant from the tomb. This day be grateful homage paid and loud Hosanna song. Let gladness dwell in every heart and praise on every tongue. Ten thousand different lips shall join to this welcome morn, which scatters blessings from its wings to nations yet unborn. Good morning, church. We extend a warm welcome to our guests and those who are participating um, via Facebook or Zoom to our 10.30 a.m. worship hour here at the Laurel Church of Christ. I pray that all is well with you and your families. Regarding order of worship, uh, for those who are listening, our song leader, you've already heard from him, our brother Bruce Robbins. I will handle the call to worship and prayer requests and announcements after the sermon. Handling the communion this morning will be brothers Kwaise Asidu and Kerry Clark. Brother Kwaise will also handle the giving. And giving can be done uh, anytime throughout the day or throughout the week using our Alexio application. Scripture reading uh, this morning 
will be uh, Luke uh, chapter 24, verses 17 through 32. And Brother Aaron Springer will handle uh, the scripture reading this morning. Our minister, Brother Ricky Cook, will handle the sermon entitled, Just a Little Talk with Jesus Makes It Right. And if you're in the audience uh, today and you have a prayer request or announcement, you can share that with me uh, before the conclusion of the sermon. I'll be sitting right up front if you have a prayer request or announcement. If you're listening uh, via Zoom or Facebook, you can send your prayer requests uh, to the elders at elders at laurelchurch.net. And if I get it uh, before the conclusion of the sermon, I will mention it uh, this afternoon. And if we do have guests uh, this morning, we ask that you take the time to fill out a guest card, which are located in the seat pockets of each one of the chairs. And you can give that guest card to me and I can recognize you after the sermon. Closing prayer will be handled by uh, Brother Kerry Clark. And the two ushers that we have listed are John Landrum and Sean Simple uh, to help administer uh, uh, the Lord's Supper and any other needs uh, that the congregation has. I ask that we now uh, pray uh, before I turn it back over to Brother Bruce. Let us together pray. Father God, we thank you for this hour of worship. We thank you for this opportunity to gather together this morning to worship you in spirit and in truth. We thank you, Father, for those who are here, those that are participating via Zoom and Facebook. We especially thank you for our guests. Prangle, Father, that something will be said that will encourage them and that will cause them to continue to come back and be a part of our fellowship. And Father God, we thank you for our manservant who will deliver your word to us this morning, uh, Brother Cook. We pray, O oh Father, that you just continue to bless him and his family as they just continue to labor in the vineyard for you. And not only them, O oh Father, but that you will just continue to bless all of us, that you just continue to have mercy upon us. Forgive us of our shortcomings, O oh Lord, and help us, O oh Father, to be quick to forgive one another. We pray that all that we do uh, this morning will be done, O oh Father, to glorify you and to lift up Jesus the Christ, our Lord and Savior. It's in Jesus' name uh, we pray and we give all thanks. Let the church say, amen. If we have anyone in the audience uh, this morning who's a fit candidate for baptism, you don't have to wait until after the sermon. You can respond when Bruce gets up and lead us in our next hymn. You can come up to the front, and we will take your confession, and we will baptize you into Christ this morning. And you will be added to the Lord's church, the church that he purchased with his own blood. And if you have something that you're dealing with and you just need us to pray for you regarding that issue, we can do that as well, whatever your state. If you're able to stand, we ask that you please stand as we sing the next hymn.
Oh, Jesus, I have promised to serve thee to the end. Be thou forever near me, my master and my friend. I shall not fear the battle if thou art by my side, nor wander from the pathway if thou wilt be my guide. O Jesus, thou hast promised to all who follow thee that where thou art in glory there shall thy servant be and Jesus I have promised to serve thee to Walk with me, walk with me, lest mine eyes no longer see all the glory, all the story of your love. Talk to me, talk to me, like you spoke so tenderly. When you talk there, when you walk there, by the sea. Let me follow in the footsteps that tread the shore of Galilee. Let me learn to break <coughs> like he did in the garden of Gethsemane. Take my hand, take my hand, teach me, Lord, to understand all the duty, all the beauty of your love. Talk with me, talk with me, lest my eyes no longer hear all the wonder 
communion will be singing break thou the bread of life break thou the bread of life dear lord to me as thou didst break the loaf beside the sea, on the sacred page I Opportunity that he has given us to be able to meet today. It is just by his grace that we are here. Look at the 200 million, oh, what is it, about 4 million people who have been um, infected with this pandemic. 
and they are already gone. But we are here, so it's just by the grace of God. As our team says this year, we are focusing on our Lord Jesus Christ. We are not looking at the left or the right. The moment you look at the left or the right, you fall. This is the time of challenge. This is a time of um, difficulties. This is a time that we have to fulfill what the Bible is saying. The Bible is saying what? Stand firm and stand. This is a time to stand. If you don't stand, we are all in a ship. You'll be taken out and you'll be drowned. Put your worries aside. Put your conflicts aside. Put all issues that you have aside and focus on Christ. Jesus Christ is real. It's the Lord God Almighty who created the heavens and the earth, who came down in the form of flesh to come and save us. It's because of us that he came. And the kind of issues that he faced on this earth is more than what we are facing. Look at the one who created the heavens and the earth and everything therein, the sea and everything. And he came down on this earth and he was brutalized for no reason. He was killed for our iniquities. Have you ever seen that before? But the Lord God Almighty in the form of flesh, his name is called Jesus, was killed for our sins. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 26, it says that the blood that was shed, the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, who should be broken into pieces, should let us proclaim him every day that we find ourselves. How are we proclaiming the Lord? How has our life been? How are we talking about the Lord Jesus Christ? He expects us to do that because he says we should not look at the left or right. Let us proclaim the Lord until he comes. The reason why he came is to come and save us. And also one day when we are out of this earth, we'll be taken to heaven in a different body like what we find ourselves. Also, it says that in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 16, it makes us participate in the blood and the body of our Lord Jesus Christ. How have you been a participant? How forgiving are you? Are you still holding grudges? Because that is the reason for the Lord Jesus Christ coming. If you are participating in the Lord Jesus Christ's body and blood, then you'll be loving, you'll be forgiving, and you'll be able to cherish, like what we are saying this morning, to be able to prioritize always your brother and make sure that you hold his or her hands until the end of day or to, until the end of our life. So my brothers and sisters, coming here takes a lot of difficulties because look, all of us are in masks. Why are we in masks? Because we, we think if you are not in masks, something is going to kill us, but we have dedicated ourselves to be here. Why have, have we dedicated ourselves? is because you are looking at the Lord Jesus. Let us continue to focus on him until he comes. Amen. Let us pray. Our Lord and our Savior and our Master, our Lord and our Redeemer and our Fortress, we thank you for this day, for making it possible for us to participate 
the suffering and the blood that you shed and your body that was broken. We continue to magnify you and adore you for all these things that you did for us. We pray that you continue to bless us. We pray that you continue to give us strength to stand firm until you come. As we are going to eat this bread, Lord, please bless us and help us to be righteous, holy and acceptable before you all the time. We thank you for all things that you have done. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, may your will be done. Amen. Now I want to turn our attention to the blood of Jesus um, and what that blood represents. The blood that was shed represents the death of Jesus. Um, we are saved because Jesus suffered and he died. And his rising from the dead confirms that this is God's Messiah and that what he did pays for our sin so that we are justified before God. And we're justified before God, not because we're good. And we're justified before God, not because we did good things. We're justified before God because Jesus paid it with his own blood. So let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord. Um, for having this time where we could remember what Jesus did. Help us to put into our minds that when we take this, these um, symbols, that our minds should be on Jesus, on what he gave in giving his body and the blood which pays for our sin. And that for this reason, Father, that we praise you in his name and we're even able to come to you in righteousness. Amen. Let us continue to dedicate ourselves in the way we love ourselves. Let us continue to give to those who are in not, in, not in a good position in the church and also outside the church. The more we give, the more we are able to cater for those who are in difficulties, both in the hospitals and those who have been affected by so many other difficulties like Haiti, as we all read in the news. My brothers and sisters, the Bible says that we should continue to love ourselves and love those who are in the church fields, but we should also love those who are outside. And so everything that we do, we do it not just for the brotherhood, but also for those who are outside the church. And that is what you're giving us. It blesses people. It feeds the hungry. It gives them water to drink. It gives them shelter. 
And that is what we do. So no matter what you think you have, even if it's some sense, give. Because it will go a long way to bless somebody and the person looking at the Lord Jesus Christ will be saved one day. Amen. Let us pray. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, our Father, for all things that you have done for us. We thank you for the blessings. We thank you for your protection and guidance every day that you have for us. As you are going to give, please, Lord, bless it for us and help us to be able to have the wisdom to be able to distribute it to ourselves and also outside the church. Lord, we thank you for all things that you have done for us. It is just by your grace that, Lord, we are able to give. We pray that, Lord, you continue to bless it for us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Open the eyes of my heart. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart, I want to see you, I want to see you, to see you high and lifted up, shining in the light of your glory, pour out your power and love as we sing holy, holy, holy. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. To see you high and lifted up shining in the light of your glory. Pour out your power and love as we sing holy, holy, holy. To see you high and lifted up, shining in the light of your glory. Pour out your power and love as we sing Holy, 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 I want to see you. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart, 
I want to see you. I want to see you. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. Luke 24, 17 through, was it 24, 32 now? 13 through 32. And he said to them, what kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? Then the one whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? And have you not known the things which happened there in these days? And he said to them, what things? So they said to him, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty indeed in word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, today is the third day since these things happened. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. When they did not find his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. Then he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken, ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Then they drew near to the village where they were going. And he indicated that he would have gone farther, but they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening and the day is far spent and he went in to say with them now it came to pass as he sat at the table with them that he took bread blessed and broke it and gave it to them then their eyes were opened and they knew him 
and he vanished from their sight. And they said to one another, did our heart burn within us? Did, our, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us? Doesn't read it. If it's convenient for you to do so, let's stand as we sing just a little talk with Jesus. I once was lost in sin, but Jesus took me in, and then a little light from heaven filled my soul. It bathed my heart in love and wrote my name above. Just a little talk with Jesus makes it all. Now let us have a little talk with Jesus. Let's tell him all about our troubles. Hear our faintest cry. Answer by and by. Hear a little prayerful yearning. Heart into heaven is turning. Find a little talk with Jesus makes it right. Sometimes my past seems drear without a ray of cheer. And then a cloud of death may hide the light of day. The midst of sin may rise, hide the starry skies. And just a little talk with Jesus Now let us have a little talk with Jesus. Tell him all about our troubles. Hear our faintest cry. Answer by and by. Now we feel a little prayerful yearning. Heart and heaven is turning. Find a little talk with Jesus makes it right. I may have doubts and fears. My eyes be <coughs> tears. But Jesus is a friend who watches day and night. I go to him in prayer, every care. And just a little talk with Jesus makes it right. Now let's have a little talk with Jesus. Find a little talk with Jesus makes it right. Be seated, please. Good morning. Once again, we want to acknowledge to our Father and our God in heaven that we are grateful for all of his love, mercy, and blessings. Uh, the promises of God that we find contained in his word are a source of great comfort. Uh, in the world and the times in which we are living, uh, I believe that a word of comfort is needed. And I am glad that Jesus has declared that we are sojourners on our way to a better place. I find it comforting that the Almighty God has promised that he will never leave us nor forsake us, 
and that the power and providence of God enable us to live lives that are worry-free. The psalmist has declared in Psalm 119, verse 50, this is my comfort in my affliction, for thy word hath quickened me. Uh, and if ever uh, there was incentive to study the word of God and to know the word of God uh, and not need a scripture that says thou shalt pick up thy Bible every day, uh, it is the fact that the word of God uh, makes us alive and it is the word of God in which we find comfort. For all of God's blessings, we ought to be eternally grateful. We want to direct your attention this morning again to the text that was read into our hearing there in Luke chapter 24. Uh, and it is in particular verse number 32 that we want to read again. There in your Bibles, Luke 24 verse 32, and they said one to another, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way and while he opened to us the scriptures. Based on the words that Luke records there in chapter 24, uh, we want to use this morning as a subject, just a little talk with Jesus makes it right. Now remember for the month of August that we are working from the sub theme, people Jesus knew. And as we consider the text before us here in Luke chapter 24, and as we examine some of the people that Jesus knew, observe that Jesus was a giver. We have seen from Mark chapter 14 that Mary was remembered by Jesus. From Luke chapter 22, we have seen that Peter was shaped by Jesus. And from the text here in Luke chapter 24, it may be said that Cleopas was comforted by Jesus. Uh, now the text recounts for us the fact that Jesus had a talk with Cleopas and an unnamed disciple. Now I may switch between the two. I may say they, I may say just Cleopas. Uh, Cleopas name is given and for whatever reason, the name of the other disciple is not. But the tenor of Cleopas's words, and especially in verse number 21, uh, declare that he was puzzled and discouraged. He speaks as though what hope they had was now gone. Uh, if you notice there, uh, when Cleopas talks in, in verse 21, he speaks in the past tense. He says, but we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. Uh, the the uh, inferred in his words is that we had trusted, but we don't trust anymore. We thought it was going to work out this way, but it worked out uh, another way. He speaks as though the hope that they had was now gone, but Cleopas would learn that a little talk with Jesus makes it right. Now, I grew up at the central congregation of the Lord's Church in Baltimore, and we sang from what we call the Red Book. 
uh, because some congregations sang from a book that was blue. And you know, this was in the days before uh, PowerPoint and all the technology that we have available to us now. And you just sang from a book because that's all that they had uh, at the time. And so in the red book, number 646 is just a little talk with Jesus. And while the song is about prayer, Cleopas literally had a little talk with Jesus. Now, the word little can be relative. Uh, I'm meaning he talked with Jesus just for that time. Now, it sounds like they may have talked for some time during that time. But in the grand scheme of things, Cleopas had a little talk with Jesus. Now, try to view this account through the eyes and experience of those that were living in the moment rather than in retrospect. You know, it's easy to look back in retrospect when you know how it's going to turn out and say you should have done this, that, uh, or the other. And in the conversation with Jesus, they, they relate to Jesus, the substance of his history, ending with his condemnation and crucifixion and their disappointment in this fact. They had trusted, and again, Cleopas said this in the past tense, they had trusted in Jesus as the redeemer of Israel, a trust that did not allow for his dying in the manner that he had. And although certain women of their company reported that Jesus was alive uh, as revealed to them by angels, there was still some uncertainty on their part as to what of all the, uh, to, some uncertainty on their part as to what all this meant. Now again, try to see this from their perspective as it happened in real time. The ability and even the willingness to try to see things from another's perspective is becoming a lost art. I believe that a major contributing factor to the division that we see in our society, and Lord help us, sometimes even in the Lord's church, uh, is the fact that we dig in and entrench ourselves in an ideology and refuse to consider the merits of, a pos of any position that's not in concert with my own. Uh, you know, that's why the, the debate rages uh, concerning politics. Because you have some on the left and some on the right, and, and they can't sit down and have conversation where, let me try to see things from your perspective. Uh, that's why with this whole COVID-19 thing, why are some saying one and some saying the other? Well, part of it is because it's hard to know for a fact what to think because uh, this is uncharted territory. But you have folk that will sit down as though they are experts in the field of medicine and everything else, and they haven't been to medical school a day in their lives, but nonetheless, they are experts in the subject. And if you do not agree with me, then you don't know what you're talking about, and I don't wanna hear what you have to say. So Cleopas gives their point of view and Jesus steps in and starts talking. And note how the mood and the tone change when Jesus starts talking. Now, he starts with a rebuke, and, and, and rightly so. Uh, he, he says to them in verse 25, O fools and slow of heart, to believe all that the prophets have spoken. 
Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? Now I've learned, I'm not gonna argue with the Holy Spirit. If Jesus calls you a fool or says that you are being foolish, then that's what you were being. Now, I did not argue with whether or not it's nice to call me a fool. If Jesus says I'm a fool, then I need to change my way of thinking. Now it's easy from the point of retrospect, remove from the drama and tension to be an expert in what they should have done. You know, we can all look at Cleopas's words and say, Cleopas, this is what you should have believed, but that's retrospectively. What would we have done and said if we had been there in the moment with him? But now hear what Jesus is telling them. The reason for their bewilderment and discouragement is not so much what happened. Don't we always wanna blame circumstances? Don't we always want to lay the blame on other people? Jesus saying, it's not so much what's happened that's given you a problem. The reason for their bewilderment and discourage, uh, discouragement is that things have not happened according to their desire and expectation. And let me just share a fact of life with you. Nobody gets their way all the time, and it's often good for us that we do not. And when I say nobody gets their way all the time, even God doesn't get his way all the time. Didn't Peter say that the Lord is not willing that any should perish? Now, God doesn't want anybody to be lost, but, but guess what? Most of humanity is. So even God doesn't get his way all the time. Now, if God doesn't get his way all the time, who am I to pout if I don't get my way all the time? Especially when it's often good for me that I don't get my way. Now in the ensuing discourse, Cleopas finds comfort in Jesus's words. However, I submit to you that Jesus had begun to comfort Cleopas before Cleopas realized that he was being comforted. Look with me back at verse number 15. And it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. I submit to you first this morning that Jesus went with Cleopas. And let me tell you, when Jesus travels with you, that ought to be comforting. But Jesus didn't just travel with them on their journey, he shared in their circumstance. And, and when I say that, notice he didn't jump right in and, and be an expert on the situation. Jesus listened to them. You ever been going through something and before you can tell the other person what you're going through, they done provided the remedy and how you got to where you are and, and all of the above. You know, sometimes when you talk to a person like that, it, you know, kindness just prevents you from saying, you know what, I just wish you'd be quiet. But notice how Jesus approached this. Jesus asked them a question in verse 17. He says, what manner of communications are these that ye have one to another as ye walk and are sad? Now, I don't believe Jesus's question or any question that God asked is ever for the purpose of trying to find information. We never tell God anything that he doesn't already know. In fact, I submit to you that the reason Jesus asked is because he already knew what the issue was. Kind of like God did Adam uh, back in the garden. You remember God asked Adam, where art thou? It wasn't, a, I can't find you, Adam, where art thou? 
It's a, I know where you are, and I know why you are where you are, but you don't appreciate why you are where you are. So rather than just jump in and be an expert on the situation, where are you, Adam? Why are you hiding this time? You, you've never hid from me before. Why do you feel the need to hide now? So Jesus asked them, what is it that you all are talking about? And observe that Jesus listened. Now, if Jesus could listen, knowing all that he knows, it would behoove us to be listeners also. And, and you know, what we're going through right now provides a golden opportunity to be listeners. And they tell me that there is what is called empathic listening. Now, empathic listening is not trying to understand how, you, how what you said makes sense, which is how we listen most of the time. You know, how does that make sense? And then let me prepare a rebuttal for what you said. That's not an empathic listening. Empathic listening is not an evaluation, it's an appreciation. Empathic listening is appreciating that what you said makes sense to you. Now, it may not make sense to me, I may not even agree with you, but I endeavor to relate to where you're coming from. See, because when I try to understand where you're coming from, what it says to you is, I'm not trying to debate, I'm trying to reconcile. But in order for us to reconcile, I need to understand your thought process. And if I'm going to uh, understand your thought process, then I need to stop trying to evaluate everything you say and just appreciate that there are other thought processes other than just mine. You know, an old saying says that God gave us two ears and one tongue. And from this, someone has discerned that maybe we ought to listen twice as much as we talk. And I would only amend that by saying we ought to listen at least twice as much as we talk. You know, Proverbs 18 verse 13 says, he that answereth the matter before he heareth it, it is a folly and shame unto him. Now, how can you know what I'm thinking before I tell you what I'm thinking? Now, if you God or Jesus of Nazareth, then you could do that. But otherwise, you don't know what I'm thinking until I tell you, and you still may not know what I'm thinking even after I tell you. Now, you may guess right from time to time, but that's what it is. It's a guess, and our guesses are not always accurate. But allowing a person to talk and listening to what they say is part of the healing or reconciliation process. Notice what Jesus did. Now, Jesus had the answers, but rather than just going and be an expert, what is it you all are talking about? Tell me how you see things. See, I already know, but tell me how you see things. See, I'm trying to help you, and in helping you, part of what I need to do is listen. But then not only did Jesus listen, but notice what it says in verse 16, but their eyes were holding that they should not know him. Now, what Luke is telling us there is that Jesus restrained what Cleopas could see. Well, now, why in the world would you do such a thing? Jesus restrained what they were able to see so that he could help what they didn't understand. I said, man, if, if, if you don't see the parallel 
between Cleopas and Jesus and where we are in, in our world right now, you know, none of us knows how this thing is gonna play out. Now God could tell us, but maybe he's restraining what we can see to help what we don't understand. And did you know there's more to understanding something than just being able to repeat uh, the facts of the matter? Cleopas could repeat the facts. He had repeated them to Jesus, but he didn't understand what he was saying. You know, we can repeat the facts. We, we, we can tell you a whole lot of things about COVID, but do we understand what this is really all about? Maybe it's about something bigger than the virus. Maybe it's about something bigger than the fact that we have different ideologies. Maybe this is God saying to the church, you know what? I'm going to give you all a chance to practice uh, 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 Romans chapter 14, 1 Corinthians 8. Now, if you don't know what either of those said, write it down and go home and read it. Maybe this is about something other than the virus it itself. Jesus purposely restrained their vision that they might see his resurrection in scripture before they saw it in reality. Now again, why would he do such a thing? See, we subscribe to the theory that seeing is believing. But do you remember what the unbelieving Jews said, Matthew chapter 27? They said effectively, if you come down off the cross, if we see you come down off the cross, then we'll believe that you are the Messiah. No, you won't. If Jesus had come down off the cross, you know, somebody would have said, you know what? The nails weren't hammered in properly. They would have found some reason other than the fact that he came down by his own power to disregard the fact that he was the Messiah. Seeing is not necessarily believing. Jesus handled this the way that he did because he was concerned about their spiritual well-being as well as their knowledge. Now watch this, by bringing them to understand and rely upon the scriptures when he was not known to be present, they would be led to appeal to and rely upon the scriptures after he was gone. Now, what did I just say? See, Jesus understood, you're not gonna be able to walk all around uh, uh, the East with me and show me to people. You're just not gonna be able to do that. Everybody's not going to see me. You can't physically show me to everybody. But even after I ascend back to the Father, you could attest to, to his death and resurrection by the scriptures at any time. So let me help you see this in scripture so that even when I'm not around, you can still show people the proof of what happened. That's why Jesus showed up and, and, and stopped them from recognizing who he was. It's not that I don't want y'all to know who I am. I just need to help what you don't understand. See, because even if you see me, you still got to deal with the scriptures. You're going to still be able, uh, still need to be able to explain this on a scriptural basis. Now, if you just run around saying we saw Jesus, well, you don't even believe the women of your company who told you that. But if you can document this through scripture, this is what the prophet said. This is what Moses said. See, it's written right here in our law. This is why Jesus handled it the way that he handled it. And, and I wonder if we've ever considered that maybe through this pandemic, God is trying to teach something to the world and to the church. 
Maybe the real issue is not whether or not wearing a mask is necessary. Maybe that's not the real issue. Maybe the real issue is do we practice what we preach when challenged by opportunity? Do we give greater concern to the well being of our brothers and sisters than we do to being right in our own ideology? And just so you know, there is a difference between doctrine and ideology. Doctrine is in the word of God. Ideology is in us. Now, your ideology is just as valid as mine. Now, we can be experts in COVID, but you are no more a doctor than I am. Now, some of us are doctors. Now, if you adopt, I'm not talking to you. <laughs> but even if you are a doctor, guess what they say about doctors? Doctors practice medicine. You know why they say doctors practice medicine? Because even doctors don't know everything about sickness and disease. Because if they did, shame on you for letting folk continue to die and you know everything about it. So whatever category you fall into, none of us has all the answers. But maybe this ain't even about the virus. Maybe this ain't even about masks. How do you act, how do you treat one another when you disagree? If everybody don't agree with me, do I just decide I'm gonna fold up my tent and take my show elsewhere? Or, 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 or maybe it looks like things are going with my side. Do I walk around like I'm superior to everybody else? Maybe Jesus is saying, you know what? This is a golden opportunity for you all to really understand what love is. How do we treat each other? when challenged by opportunity. And then third this morning, verse number 32, and they said one to another, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way, while he opened to us the scriptures? Jesus opened the scriptures to Cleopas. You know, when we have an issue, you know what really helps me? The scriptures. If anything is going to help me, the scriptures are, because the scriptures are the word of God. The fact that you've been through it, so you've been through it, you not me. That you've been through it and saying you going through the exact same thing at the exact same point in life in the exact same way that I am. You ever been to a funeral? There somebody is, they've lost a loved one. And somebody says, I know what you're going through. I lost my relative too. No, you know what you're going through. And you may have some idea what I'm going through, but how is your relationship with your relative the exact same as my relationship with my relative? It's not. You have some idea, but you know what's really gonna comfort me? Maybe read in John chapter 14, where Jesus says, in my father's house are many mansions. Yeah, so you've been through what I've been, what I'm going through it now. What I find comforting is that in the father's house, there are many mansions. That God has something better prepared for us on the other side of life than we have right here. To say that Jesus opened the scriptures to them 
is to say that he helped them to understand. Now, you hear me quote Romans 10, 17 every Sunday. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. See, the word of God uh, settles all disputes and answers every question. And if it doesn't answer a question, then it's something that we don't need to know. How do you know that? Because 2 Peter 1, 3 says, according as his divine power hath given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Where do we learn about Jesus? In the scriptures. So guess what? If the scriptures don't address it in the mind of God, it wasn't necessary for us as it pertained to anything that really matters in life. You know, the Bible doesn't address everything, but it does address the necessary things. See, some things aren't necessary. Hey, why you want to know that? You know, who was Cleopas walking with? Well, even if you knew, how that going to help you get to heaven? He was walking with somebody. That's all you need to know. And you don't even need to know that. I'm just giving you that as extra. What you need to pay attention to is what Jesus told them. What men say is just that, what men say. Recall that Jesus asked, whom do men say that I, the son of man, am? And there was no shortage of answers from men. Some say you Elijah, some say you Jeremiah, some say you John the Baptist, some just say you one of the prophets. And guess what? All of those answers were wrong. That's why Jesus asked, but who do you say? that I am. And you remember Peter's answer, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And what did Jesus say? Flesh and blood has not revealed. You didn't get that from men, Peter, because what men say is just that, what men say. You listen to God in heaven. That's what we ought to do through this whole thing. What men say is what men say. You can find one PhD that will say you ought to wear a mask, you'll find another that says wearing a mask is hazardous to your health. But guess what? It might be some truth in both of them. It might be that there's some hazard no matter which way you go. You know, it's just like eating. Well, you got to eat. But guess what happens if you eat? You're killing yourself. Well, you can't stop eating because you're killing yourself. So you're going to die either way. So guess what? The ideology isn't even the bottom line. You have yours and I have mine. But what did God say? Well, God said we ought to love one another. And let me tell you, when you love people, you can disagree over things. You know, does your family stop being your family just because you disagree? Because if, if that's the case, you don't have any family. You are orphaned and all alone in this world. I mean, we, over, we disagree over trivial things. There's something trivial. Who's going to win the Super Bowl this season? See, I heard two wrong answers. <laughs> but at the end of the day, who, I mean, that's just trivial. No matter who wins it, that had no bearing on our salvation. Well, take something important. Is Jesus Lord? Well, we don't have to rely on what men say. We can go to the word of God for that. The question is not, 
did God tell us? The question is, are we gonna do what God said? Does God tell us what to do? Yeah. Has he told us everything about this situation? No. So then what do we do? We just do what God said. Yeah, look, we love one another. You're entitled to your ideology, just like I'm entitled to mine. And guess what? You might be right. It won't be the first time I've been wrong about something. It won't be the last time I've been wrong about something. But you've been wrong about stuff too. And if being right all the time was a prerequisite to get to heaven, guess what? None of us would make it. The word of God. You remember, cross myself up. I got two scriptures on my paper that I don't have on the slide. Proverbs 30, verse number five. Every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. And I know you know 2 Timothy 3.16, all scriptures given by inspiration of God is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. The word of God is the bottom line. It's our foundation and it's our go-to. How's this pandemic gonna play out? I don't know. I don't even know what's coming next. I would envision that something else is coming next. It always has. You know, if you rewind time, I remember there was a time when people were talking about Ebola. There was a time when people were talking about West Nile virus. There was a time when people were talking about smallpox. It's always been something. I don't know that there's anything we could do to stop every disease or virus. But maybe that's not the bottom line. Maybe the bottom line is how we treat each other when we challenge by opportunity. Jesus comforted Cleopas. Here Cleopas is talking in the past tense, we had trusted. You know, Jesus didn't just beat him and run him over with the bus and back up and run over him again. <laughs> Jesus took the time to explain the scriptures to him after listening to him talk. And when Jesus opened the scriptures to them, I wasn't there, but you know what? I put my hand on the chopping block. It wasn't one of those, see, I know what I'm talking about attitudes. That's why you ought to listen to me. I can imagine it was one of those where the scriptures just spoke through Jesus. And like Cleopas said, didn't our hearts burn within us as he opened to us the scriptures? You know, the word of God still tells us what we need to do today to be right with God. An old preacher once said, men don't argue over what the Bible says. Men argue over what men have to say about what the Bible says. The Bible is clear in what it teaches. You know, if Jesus says, repent and be baptized. And then man turns around and says, well, you don't have to be baptized. See, the question is, am I going to listen to Jesus or am I going to listen to the individual? Well, let's hear what scripture says, but I get to make my own decision about what the scriptures say. Now I have to answer to God for whatever choice I make. But what do the scriptures say? Well, the scriptures say, number one, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We need to hear the gospel message. How can you believe what you've never heard? 
Jesus requires that we believe that he is the Christ, the Son of God. John 8, verse 24. And I say again, you know what Jesus doesn't do? Jesus doesn't argue with us. He doesn't tell us why you have to believe. He just says, if you want to be saved, you have to believe that I am the one. I am the Son of God. Now, if we won't confess Jesus now, the Bible tells us that there's going to come a time when God is going to make every knee bow to him and confess Jesus as Lord. We must be willing to repent of sin. Acts 17, 30, 31 says the time of this ignorance, God winked. But now he commands that all men everywhere repent, for he has appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man which he has ordained whereas he has given assurance to all in that he has raised him from the dead. See, the facts are already declared by God. Jesus is the Christ. He has died for the sins of the world. And you must listen to Jesus if you desire salvation. We must make the confession that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, Matthew 10, 32 then we must be baptized in water for the remission of sins, Acts 2.38, if for no other reason and for primarily because God said so. Remember Acts chapter two, there was a, a, a Peter and the other apostles preached the gospel message and they wanted to know how to reconcile to God. And Peter answered verse 38, repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Christ Jesus for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And that's what, that's, that's, that's what Peter said at the direction of the Holy Spirit. Now, do we listen to the Holy Spirit or do we listen to man? When we go down into the waters of baptism in response to the gospel message, God washes away our sins by the blood of Christ Jesus and dwells us with his spirit and he adds us to the church and thereafter requires that we live obediently. Ephesians 4.1 says that we ought to walk worthy of the vocation with which we have been called. Living obediently means when we're challenged by opportunity, we do what God tells us. Yeah, I don't, I don't get in the trench with my ideology and defy anybody to disagree with me. I listen to what the Lord had to say and appreciate, you know what, there isn't too much that we do all agree about. Sometimes, even in the Lord's church, we don't agree on what Jesus has said. Now, you don't think that's right? Talk to somebody and let them tell you. You can't just roll up in a, in a building because it has Church of Christ on the sign. You better call ahead and find out what they believe before you get there. You walk inside and get your feelings hurt. You walk in there and a sister be preaching the sermon. And I'm not saying sisters don't know the word of God. I'm just saying God decided that that should be left to the man. And we ought not apologize for what the Bible says is right. Somebody said that's chauvinistic and you're a misogynist. I'm not either. I'm just trying to do what God said. Now you won't call God names. Let me move from beside you. We are to live obediently when we come up out of the waters of baptism. Maybe you're listening via one of the social media outlets. 
that be the case, then we bid you reach out to our elders at elders at laurelchurch.net. Or maybe you're here in the audience and you want to be baptized into Christ Jesus. If that be the case, then we bid you to come as we stand and as we sing the song of invitation. Thank you, Brother Bruce, for that song selection. And thank you, Brother Ricky, for today's message. Just a little talk with Jesus makes it right. Jesus went with Cleopas. Jesus restrained what Cleopas could see. Jesus opened the scriptures to Cleopas. And I agree with you, Brother Ricky. May we use this opportunity that we're dealing with now to love one another and to allow folks to see Christ living in us. We have several prayer requests this morning. I'll read the two that I got from uh, email first. Uh, Sister Arnetta Wilson is requesting prayers, traveling grace for her husband uh, and our dear brother, Mike Wilson as he travel 
back from Ohio. Sister Diane Three submitted a prayer request. Uh, please pray for the island of Haiti after this recent earthquake. I have several world English students that live on this beautiful island. Pray for their safety and recovery, not only as possible life and death situations, but for their strength and learning more about God and his word. He is with them during this hard time. And I had several prayer requests submitted to me as well. Uh, Brother Carl Womble submitted a prayer request on behalf of our dear sister, Georgia Blake, who placed membership with us this last Sunday. Uh, sister Blake uh, had a terrible accident uh, falling from the bus and breaking her arm. She also sustained uh, some other injuries. She will be recovering at home the rest of the month. Uh, Sister Don Renee Couturier uh, submitted a prayer request for her niece, uh, Kyra Jones, uh, had a seizure uh, this morning and she was taken to the hospital. Uh, Brother Vaughn Harvey submitted a prayer request on behalf of Sister Ruby, who's ill today. And we thank Brother Harvey for facilitating our Bible class this morning as we dealt with uh, the issue concerning the COVID-19 pandemic. So thank you again, Brother Harvey, for facilitating uh, this morning's discussion. And last but not least, um, uh, Brother Steve Kozo submitted a prayer request. Uh, Thanksgiving uh, for the prayers of the saints uh, for uh, my sister-in-law's daughter who was struck by a car uh, earlier this summer. God has allowed her to recover much of her former abilities and she plans to return to work full time. So thank God for that. Uh, please be mindful of the other prayer requests that are listed in our bulletin, especially uh, uh, David, Sarah, and Lily Rymers and the passing of David's father, Roger. Uh, with that in mind, uh, let us together pray. Father God, uh, once again, we just thank you for this opportunity to worship you this morning. We thank you for being able to hear your word uh, today. Uh, we thank you for Brother Cook and delivering your word to us this morning. May you just continue to bless him and his family. May we take heed to your word, O oh Father, and apply it to our lives. Lord God, we're praying for the people of Haiti as a result of this recent earthquake. Lord, we pray that you comfort them that have lost loved ones as a result of this earthquake. We're also praying for the World English Institute students and the many other that are being impacted by the things that's going on in Haiti. And Lord, we're praying, O oh Father, for traveling grace for our dear brother Mike Wilson as he traveled back from Ohio. May you continue to bless him and Sister Onetta and their family. And Father God, we pray for our dear sister Georgia Blake. Praying, O oh Father, that you will heal her, that she will fully recover from her accident yesterday, that will continue to be a source of encouragement to her. We pray, O oh Father, for Sister Don Renee Couturier's niece, 
Kyra Jones. Father, we really don't know all that's going on with her medically, but we know you're the great physician and we know you're able to heal her. We pray, oh Father, that you bless her and bless her family, that all will go well with her and that she'll be able to return home. We're praying for our dear sister, Ruby Harvey. We're praying, oh Father, for her illness, praying that if it's your will, that you'll rid her of that illness and restore her to good health. We thank you for her and Brother Vaughn, and we thank you for their service that they're providing to this congregation and throughout this world. And Lord God, we're praying for Steve Kozo's um, sister-in-law's daughter, thanking you for allowing her to recover from some of the injuries that she's dealing with. We pray, oh Father, that you will just fully restore her to good health. Continue to be with her, continue to bless her as she returned to her job. And Father, we're praying, oh Father, that you would just comfort the Rymer's family in the passing of David's father, Roger. We're praying, oh Father, for all those that are impacted by this great loss. We're praying for traveling grace for those that are going out west to be with the family during this time. May we continue to be with David and Sarah and Lily as they deal with the loss of David's father. Lord, we're praying for the many others that are listed in our bulletin that are in need of prayer. We pray, oh Father, that we'll just be mindful of you always in our lives, that we'll just continue to resist the devil and draw closer to you, that we'll just continue to hold on to your unchanging hands. We thank you, Father, for Jesus the Christ who died on that rugged cross for us. We pray, oh Father, that we will not take for granted his great sacrifice, but that we'll just continue to be mindful of that each and every waking moment of our lives. As we continue to deal with this COVID-19 pandemic, May we use this opportunity, O oh Father, to serve and love one another. Lord, we ask this prayer right now in the mighty name of Jesus the Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. I didn't receive any guest cards, but I know we do have some guests with us this morning. So once again, we extend a warm welcome to you. We thank you for being with us today. If you have a question about the things that you've heard or seen this morning, uh, please reach out to one of us. We'll be able to give you a Bible answer for your Bible question. And I know I forgot to mention, I know some of you are still uh, completing your offering by filling out these, uh, putting your offering in the, my offering envelope. So if anyone wants to give the envelope to me or one of the brothers in the back, we'll be glad to take it if you're not uh, making your contribution by Alexio. So thank you again for that. And as we have always mentioned, just continue uh, to be faithful to God. Just continue to be mindful of one another. Continue to regardless of what's going on in this world, whatever Satan throws at us, remember we serve a God that is able. He is able. And he is in control. So let us continue to be mindful of that. And let us continue to live our lives that people will see Jesus Christ living in us. And all that we do.
If you're able to stand, we ask that you please stand as we have our closing hymn and our closing prayer. I am weak, but thou art strong. Jesus, keep me from all wrong. I'll be satisfied as long as I walk, dear Lord, close to Thee. Just closer walk with thee it, my plea daily walking close to thee let it be Life is old. Time for me, he will be no more. Guide me gently, safely, on to the kingdom shore, to thy shore. Just a This morning, I was talking with the teens about this very subject that uh, Ricky brought up. And I don't think it's an accident. But have you ever been in a country area? I have, where it's been, when it gets dark, it's dark. And you can't see your hand in front of you. And you're trying to get from one area to another. And if you're driving, you're dependent on your headlights. And they can only tell you but so much. As you get to that bend, and all of a sudden it turns. We looked at the, the book of Second Peter. And in that book, Peter is encouraging the Christians to put their faith in Jesus and to maintain it and not to be deceived. And here's what he's got to say. And we have the word of the prophets made more certain. And, P and Peter's saying that it's more certain because he saw Jesus. He saw Jesus raised from the dead. He saw him on the mountain and he saw him transfigured. He saw this personally. 
So we have those prophets made more certain, and you will do well to pay attention to it as to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. And what, you, what Peter's saying here is, we have the scriptures. Pay attention. Like a light in a dark place so that you won't stumble. So you won't fall into the ditch. And he goes on to say that above all else, you must understand that no prophecy of scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation. For prophecy never had its origin in the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the message that Ricky gave. Thank you, Lord, for this time to remember that we have your words and your words are light and the words are hope. And we could look to your words because they've been proven throughout history. And we could have hope. And we don't have to be dependent on what men say or what men disagree about. We have hope because the scriptures are true and they're the true picture of reality. And help us hold to them, Father, like a light in a dark place so that we will not stumble, so that we will not be deceived, and so we will not be harmed. Thank you, Lord, for Jesus. Thank you for the words he spoke. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.